0: You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian.
2: Welcome into the program, it's Matt, Lars, Christian, Josh, Joe, Aiden, the gang is here on a Friday afternoon, a fun Friday, although a dreary, kind of bleary, uh, you know, gray afternoon and I'm just going to start with uh, following yesterday with all the weather and we talked about it a little bit because you drove through some torrential rains yesterday, Lars. That was scary. But, yeah, and um, I got a little bit here, but um, I mean, this prayers go out to... I guess seven now confirmed dead in uh, Autauga County. And um, our state was once again ripped by tornadoes. And God bless everybody. And, you know, I was talking with Big Dave, our program director. I said, you know, we're, we're, we have grown used to this possibility. You never grow used to what happened.
3: Yeah, and I did want to ask you this because um I, I saw some drone footage this morning from Selma. Yes. And uh just uh, heart-wrenching the the damage that was done in Selma and um is it normal to have uh tornadoes in the middle of January?
2: Uh it's a little it's a little early. It's usually more towards the spring which now they're saying that doesn't bode well for the spring, which I hope at all is not the case. But, no, I, 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 you know, I've been here so many years. This may be the earliest I've seen them this destructive and, unfortunately, causing you know deaths and injuries. I mean, what was it? It was the 12th. So, no, it, it's a very, very good question. But um, Selma, Otago County, uh, a pretty big one went through North Alabama, um, Morgan and Limestone counties. Um, but you know, our prayers go out. And uh, you're right; it's a good observation. Well, you've been here 15, 16 years
3: now. Yeah I, yeah, I I have, and I just don't remember any tornadoes. Uh, I guess you'd say this early in the year. Right. I mean, we're still in in winter right and and certainly feels like winter outside and as i was driving to this studio there were snow flurries uh soft snow i saw snow i saw snow i was driving down uh driving north on 65 uh near lakeshore boulevard and uh saw snow I mean, in... in uh, well, if you would in, know, growing in, up in, in, in
2: Nebraska, you would recognize it in, in, in Nebraska,
3: quick. you would call it, uh, you know, a flake or two, but here it's basically oh, a, it's, blizz- a blizzard. it's a blizzard, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that, like, schools haven't been let out yet. <laughs> I think there
2: was some in North Alabama that actually considered it today. But um, only in the state of Alabama, I know everybody says their weather is different, but only in the state of Alabama can you have horrible tornadoes come through in the morning 61 degrees and sunny golf weather in the afternoon, and then snow flurries
3: all within a 24 hour period.
2: I say flurries,
3: but you know you you, you saw a couple of flakes. Yeah, yeah, I I, I did see some flakes. Um, Boy, it's just been a really strange, uh, you know, 36 hours. Well, Well, yeah, 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 but especially just 36 hours of weather. And um, I was talking to a, a friend of mine uh, at, at Alabama yesterday, and um it was Diane Bragg, who is in the um, journalism department with me. And uh, I, I was telling her, you know, when it rains in Alabama, it's just different than it is in the Midwest. Okay, I'm the, curious. The, 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 How so? The, it, it's just the intensity is like, 10 you know when it when it when when James Span comes on and said hey there's a severe thunderstorm coming your way you know that it's going to be really really bad and it's uh like when i was on the interstate driving from birmingham to tuscaloosa yesterday especially just right outside of birmingham um, I would be about ten, or I, I mean, I was. I, I would try to stay as far behind the car in front of me as possible, but the visibility was so poor, you couldn't see more than I don't know, forty feet, fifty feet. I mean, be because the rain coming down was just uh, was
4: so it big,
3: big drops, or just a whole lot of rain. It was. It was both. Well, yeah, yeah. Well,
2: that's when it just gets almost
3: well. Yeah, um, and then if you get, if you get behind a semi that's kicking up all this rainwater, uh, it, it makes a visibility incredibly difficult. And and uh, look, my kids joke with me that like you know I'm I'm like uh, grandpa because I I I'm not a, i I'd like to uh, in my younger days you know I'd drive a little bit. Fast, but but no more. Like I'm I'm the guy in the right hand. I get way over on the right hand side, and you know, on the interstate. Seven. Yeah, I'm not. I actually go. <laughs> if it's like yesterday, I was going 55. Oh, well, when it's yeah. raining. Yeah. 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 Uh, what drives me crazy, and I know this drives everybody crazy, is when it's uh, a, a beautiful sunny day and somebody uh, on a seventy uh, uh, mile per hour speed limit zone on the interstate, and they're driving fifty-five on the left-hand side. Well, it's against okay. the law in this state. It is. Yeah, I've it seen it them should pull be. People over, but, but you know, but, you know it, it needs. There needs to be more signage of that. Because that is like the number one annoyance I think that people have, and uh, and I have no problem with with people coming up behind that person who is going so slow in the left hand lane and just flashing their brights at them, saying basically get the heck over because you don't belong in this lane. But but yesterday it was just sort of hey let's all be careful. Um, you know the uh, the issue of hydroplaning, planing is very real. Have you ever hydroplaned? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you have to just take your foot off
2: the accelerator. Don't hit the brakes. You know, steer through it. Counter steer. I mean, you know, it's it's and it's still difficult. I mean, yes. I'm not I'm not saying okay, there's the rules. It'll happen every time, and you'll be fine. But. But no. All right. As long as we've started the show with weather and traffic and driving and all that kind of stuff. Flashers on. when I mean, when it's pouring. I it's, put my flashers on. Did.
3: Yeah. Um, I absolutely, I'm not I,
2: sure on that. I go back and forth. I, well,
3: okay. I, I'll say this. When, when the visibility was so poor uh, that I felt like I couldn't see more than uh, a football field in front of me, that's when I put my flashers on. And, and then I um, uh, once uh, it, it cleared a little bit, I put my flashers off. But I do think there are times when uh, you should have your flashers on just out of safety so people can see you because uh, it, it uh, the, the visibility was so poor.
2: But you get into a crowd or, or a group of cars and some have them on some don't I i think yeah. the rule might be either everybody does it or nobody does it
3: i i yeah uh, i don't know what the rule is i i was just doing what i thought was safest so people could see me in, in case uh there was uh some driver who was you know coming up very fast of course you're gonna have some some drivers usually in pickup trucks we're just going to be <laughs> going, you know, 85 in conditions where they should be going uh, uh, oh, 50. 45. Yeah, um, 45, 50. Yeah, I so. And I, I just wanted to make sure that nobody ran up uh, behind me and couldn't see me. But you're in the far right lane going 55,
2: which is a safe and, and that's yeah. the way to go.
3: Yeah. Uh, and you got your flashes on. I, I'm
2: fine with that. The, the And you're right does seem to be the really large pickup trucks that will get in that left lane. It can be raining like you're talking about, and they're still going 80-80. Yeah, and they'll they'll
3: come up within three inches of you and uh, (laughs) of your tail and and, and just, you know, whatever. Hey, we got a lot to
2: talk about sports-wise. Uh, mainly, we probably could NFL spend a weekend.
3: We probably could spend a whole show just like complaining you know about what traffic. I,
2: you know what I've always wanted to do is uh, have a one-hour show and call it the Bad Driver Hour. And everybody <laughs> calls in, and of course, you'd end up. I'd end up getting sued. But everybody calls in with the incident and give as much detail about the car that was being reckless, and even to the point of giving the driver's license. I mean, the driver's plate.
3: Well, what, why don't we uh, why don't we give our, uh, our our number out? And if anybody has a really bad driving story, oh uh, well, we can do that. Why don't, why don't you why don't you share that with uh, us? Uh, and we can uh, talk yeah. some NFL too. Yeah,
2: all right, uh, it's two zero five three four two nine nine zero four, and you can call in on uh, the Bad Driver Hour or Bad Driver Two Hours. But we'll also discuss uh, several things. I'd like to continue to talk about the NCAA transfer rules. They've made that, but. Then I get up this morning and I see where several of the players have transferred. Uh, what, at what time? Uh, when when do those rules actually go in place? Um, NFL, what, what is this I'm hearing about Tom Brady not being? I mean, first he's got to get past Dak and the Cowboys, doesn't he? But is he going to be in a Bucks uniform next year? And uh, there's several other things. we
3: got basketball. You're taking Lincoln to the game tomorrow night. I can't uh, wait. Tomorrow. I can't wait. And, and uh, also know that you can uh, check us out on uh, BigNoonSports.com. Really easy to uh, lis- listen to us on, on our website. You can hear us in Birmingham on 95.3, 92.5, and also 1260 AM, Tuscaloosa, our uh, our, our, our home base our flagship station at 100.9, and also in Anniston and Gadsden on 97.5. So there's a lot of ways you can uh, check us out, and uh, we appreciate all the listeners uh, so much, and uh, we have uh, big plans to keep growing the show.
2: Back with more of Big Noon Sports. Just got a note from Christian Miller, who will join us here shortly, that his dad, Corey, will be with us at the bottom of the hour, so stay tuned.
1: Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports.
0: Want to know what's going on with the Crimson Tide? Download the Tide 129 app today. Score!
4: I'm Attorney Stephen Mizrano. We've all heard the
0: lawyer ads. We don't get paid until we win. You know what to do. Call me. What should I do? Call and ask to speak to the person. Tomorrow and Sunday, a good supply of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow 50, Sunday's high at 58 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 40 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
1: Oh, it's so
3: funny now to be seeing you after so long. But the way you look, I understand that you were not impressed. Well, I heard you.
2: Back on Big Noon Sports, Matt, Lars, Christian, and our gang on kind of a fun Friday afternoon, but it is uh, some serious business when it comes to the National Football League. And, of course, we have our uh, resident Bengals fan. But you, you said when you first got here, you went somewhere, you found the Bengals where you could watch them. Every, and there's actually a, a pretty decent collection of Cincinnati fans here in Birmingham.
3: Yeah. Um, Everybody in uh, earshot of this is invited to come to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings off of 280 uh, by the Target here in Birmingham. We have what we call the Bengals Corner. And uh at the far corner of the bar. You'll see uh, we uh, we put up uh, – You won't
2: have any trouble finding this group. We, yeah. Let me just assure everyone <laughs> we of put that. Up,
3: we put up like uh, – I would want to call it a flag, but it's actually a blanket that uh, <laughs> I, I got a long time ago. When, uh believe it or not, when I worked at Sports Illustrated, I had to uh, um, uh, like renew my subscription – uh and uh, pay for it and then expense it and they sent me this big blanket with the Bengals logo so we put up the blanket uh we all wear our uh, our our Bengals gear i i am not a jersey guy but uh um I, my my buddy Vito he has got this big gold chain that he has put lights around that has this massive uh, b on it And we have agreed, uh, I think there is now seven of us, that if the Bengals win the Super Bowl, we're tatting up. We are tatting up. We're getting the Bengals symbol on our posterior.
5: Please don't do that. Are you really? (laughs)
3: Don't don't
2: do that.
5: Please don't do
2: that. Christian, you're going to have to come over here and jerk a knot in this guy's head because that's just... uh,
5: Please um, don't do that. <laughs> and that's coming yeah. on the side. With, and that's coming from a guy with tattoos. Please don't do that. <laughs> on the side, I got right I, now, I got, right got
3: right one right. tat. I I got one tat on on my uh, left forearm. But uh, okay, you're going let's, like let's keep them on the
5: arms. Then let's let's keep him on the arms.
3: Okay. All right. I can do that. Yeah. That, I'll. Uh, I think I'll probably uh, retire I'll, from I'll, life before I ever get. I'll up. share that information <laughs> uh, with uh, with my guys uh, that. Yeah, the closer and closer, you know, I I don't think Cincinnati's going to win the Super Bowl, but uh, you never know. I didn't think they would make it there last year, and they were about uh, a half a second away from beating the Rams. Uh, But then Aaron Donald sort of wrecked that, even though Jamar Chase was open by 20 yards, which would have been one of the greatest finishes in Super Bowl history. Anyway, okay, Christian, how, how are you doing today?
5: Good, doing well. Um, just ready for the weekend. Excited for the weekend. I got a event I'm doing tomorrow at the Good Feet Store uh, here in Tuscaloosa. So if everybody, if anybody's in town and want to come out, uh, it's our grand opening. Yeah, I'll be there. I'm uh, signing some autographs and we're doing a, a little live event. So uh, that's from eleven. It uh, starts at eleven. I think eleven to one. Um, at least that will be on air. But uh the Good Feet Store over in Midtown in Tuscaloosa. So that's what I've got going this weekend. But uh I'm as coach Sagan would say um where my feet are focused on today and this show so
6: I'm ready to talk about
5: sports
3: well I want to stick with tattoos for a second what what was your first tattoo
5: um so my first tattoo was uh on my left uh side of my chest it was a um it's like so, like some tear marks so to speak like like it, as if like something had torn into my skin i got it when i was uh I think I might have been 15. I took my brother's ID to his tattoo artist and, um, <laughs> yeah, was able to get a tattoo at 15. So that was my first one. And uh, What gotten, is it,
2: like a bear clawed you or something like that? Is that what
5: it looks so, like? Something like that. I just remember I was kind of drawing, and I, I thing. I was in math class, and I was bored, and I've always been – people don't know this. I'm quite the artist. I like to draw and, and, and do a lot of creative stuff. And I was just thinking – my brother had started getting tattoos – and uh, I was like, "Well, dang, I want one now." So I was like, "What's well, something simple that that looks cool, but also, um, if I had this this whole theory that if you know I gained a lot of weight in college, that my tattoos would stretch, which they don't really stretch that bad. That that's that's so exaggerated. But anyway, I was like, "Well, okay, well tear marks, you know, those could stretch and they would look exactly the same no matter what. You know, as long as I don't get like a face <laughs> or anything." So I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna get these tear marks on my chest." So I I did it and. um yeah. What
3: well, was tattoo <laughs> number
2: two? You um, might better get a number on how many to see how long the segment's going to go.
5: Yeah, I, was, well, I mean, that, 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 <laughs> there's a lot now, but it's, the second one I think I started on my shoulder, um, which is kind of the that, that whole, I kind of have almost a full sleeve now on my right arm, but it was basically the start of that, which it's got some tribal designs. It's got uh, a cross in there, elephant for uh, playing here. It's got... A shark in there now i've got on my forearm i've got a bunch of different stuff like got like a, a roman you know gladiator guy an eagle um arrow so this it, it's there's a lot there, there's a lot then my left arm i have done as well
3: well the, the see the thing is christian the difference between you and me is like you can pull off shoulder tattoos you can pull <laughs> off bicep tattoos uh <laughs> me not so much uh yeah you know we saw each other yesterday and you know uh christian miller his his body is a little bit different uh than well
2: mine. he's he's taller and more muscular no. <laughs> both of these things apply to <laughs> much, me too much more okay? okay um well
5: y'all could pull them off you just have to get the, you got to just get what fits you you know just uh get get the right design that that, that kind of you know fits your taste but just if you do All get right, one just be ready for done, it
2: <laughs> as long as we've done this dive on it um i'm really really anti pain is it that bad no i
5: don't really i don't think so feels good uh, I, my worst one honestly was <laughs> i'd probably say my chest uh chest is that, that that's pretty rough um but anything on the arm i will be honest with you it's not that bad to me i mean i, I kind of just sit on my phone hang out just, <laughs> just just watch youtube videos just wait for it to be done but my chest i remember that one i was like oh uh, and i'm ready to get this over with i saw with.
2: video the other day said and it was somebody getting one on their finger and evidently that is very painful now why i don't know the skin tighter there or what?
5: well you, it, you have know, the most nerve smaller. endings you have the most nerve endings i believe at like the at, at like you know your toes and your fingers the the further parts of your body if i'm not mistaken i think that's why they always talk about you know in the cold you know if you cover your your, your hands and your feet because yeah. you have so many nerve endings i could be wrong but i feel like i've heard that so i don't know this is a it's a great way to start the show though i, I love talking about interesting yeah. stuff like yeah, let's talk what, about what, your what, body well hold on
3: we one final question what, what did what did papa miller think of you getting your first tattoo
5: uh, I don't even know if he really even knew. We can until, ask him in a minute. Yeah, we can ask him shortly. I don't even think he knew until probably months down the road. I probably was just walking around with no shirt on. He was like, "What is that?" Um, I mean, because I it just again, it was on my chest, so it was kind of casual. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I as soon as I got it, I was quick to go on Facebook in in high school and post a, a, sh- a new shirtless photo on there to show off the new ink. But um, yeah, I don't. I, don't, I mean, he's got several tattoos. They um, you know, they're not you know, he's got a darker complexion as well. So they don't protrude as much and you almost don't really see him. But he, he has some tattoos. so I don't think he had much room to talk. <laughs> he understands.
2: Yeah. It'd be Pretty hard to scold you
5: then. Right. Uh, uh,
2: other than the fact that you did it, you bought, you, you know, you cheated kind yeah, of, you know, as far yeah. as the idea is concerned. It was a little, a
5: little did early. Did your brother get in trouble? No, no. I mean, uh, honestly, people thought we, we, we looked pretty similar anyways. I mean, we kind of pass, but no. He, yeah, I mean, yeah, come on, guys. It, it, I don't, You know, when you're young, you, you just got to got to do what you got to do.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I've found that. Um, I found that ex- uh,
2: very uh, true with, with my navel piercing.
4: And ha <laughs>
3: <laughs> ha. <laughs>
4: uh-huh. <Ba-dum-bum,
3: ba-dum-bum>. um, <laughs> no, I, I think it's more common now for say a junior in college um to be tattoo free rather than or i'm sorry it's more common for someone to uh who's a junior in college to have a tattoo rather than not have a tattoo well i was about to say you might want to say junior in
5: high school uh lars i'll be honest i see these recruits these guys are are literally still in high school i see high schoolers with full sleeves now i remember like when i got my chest one like i was one of the few people with one or someone might have a small you know, uh, tattoo on their shoulder or their arm, but now, man, these guys have more tattoos than I do, and they're <laughs> they're seventeen years old. I'm like, I just, I hope that's exactly what you wanted, because yeah, you know, I, there's some I've gotten. I'm like, man, probably could have waited on that and and gotten something else. You know, if I thought about it a little bit more, but <laughs> hopefully they thought about it a little bit.
2: Well. Um you guys can probably just as I said a minute ago I'll probably go the rest of my life without one and I'm kidding I have no piercings either but
3: uh I I don't have any piercings uh I'm, my dad told me uh if I ever got my ears pierced uh he would not pay for my college if I ever got a tattoo <laughs> I would uh he would also not pay for any of my college and so I waited until uh, late in life, and now I have a tattoo on my uh, left sort of uh, forearm that uh, it, it essentially says love, uh, but it also has the initials of all of my children. The nice. First initial.
2: Can you think how much revenue we could have brought in with a tattoo parlor sponsor here in the first 30 minutes <laughs> of this show? <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, uh, Christian's dad. Corey Miller, nine-time, nine-year NFL pro, is going to be with us in a minute. We will do. We'll actually uh, put aside the tattoos and talk
1: about the National Football League. This is the Big Noon Sports Network.
0: I studied Spanish in college and never got fluent, but then I tried Babbel. Want the most effective way to learn another language? In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel's bite-sized lessons will have you learning another.
2: Big News Sports with Matt, Lars, Christian, Corey Miller's going to be with us in literally seconds. But first, I I guess this has been circulating through Twitter and a little hesitant to go with this story until you can get some confirmation from what I would call a credible source. So Lars, I'll pick it up. I'll let you pick it up from there.
3: Yeah, so... We have no independent verification of this, but this comes from uh, an Ole Miss beat writer from uh, 24-7 Sports um, and uh, concerns Pete Golding. And here is uh, what was posted at 8.20 a.m. this morning. Quote, I was told last night that the expectations surrounding Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding heading to Ole Miss have grown to about a 95% rate around the Ole Miss coaching staff. The vibe is definitive that Golding is about to swap crimson and white for the red and blue. He's expected to be named the Rebels' new defensive coordinator at some point. Okay, that being said. I am always a little bit incredulous when uh, there's no sourcing, right? And also, well, you know, it's 95% true. You're giving yourself an out. Is that it on the reporter standpoint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I I even hate to sort of uh, bring it up because, um, look – if you're not going to put your name behind it, behind who, whose sources, who the source is, then it's almost like not worthy of us even talking about it. However, there has been growing, uh, buzz around this idea that Pete Golding is going to join the staff of Lane Kiffin. And why would he do that? I, I'm not sure. I don't think there's any rift between Golding and and Nick Saban but uh, this seems to be where you know uh where where we are now with social media again I'm skeptical just because I'm I, I'm not skeptical that it it will happen and it, it, it very well could happen I just don't like where we are with reporting, saying, well, I have an anonymous source that says it's 95 percent going to happen. Well, what the hell does that mean?
2: Well, you know, whatever I, happened to having
3: two sources. And I'm sorry, um, Yeah. Yeah. Look, yeah. You know, we called it. We called it uh, at, at Sports Illustrated. If you had one source, it was called a blue check and we would never print any information that had a blue check by it. If you had two sources, it was called a red check. And if you had uh, a red check by something, you would report it because you had two independent sources who didn't speak with one another saying the same thing. Now, this is just one anonymous source, apparently. And he he doesn't even say it's an anonymous source. He was just, I was told last night... Well, you know what? It could have been, could have been, his been a ma- guy at the bar. It could have been his mailman. It could have been the guy at the bar. It could have been, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the dog catcher. I don't yeah. know. It all could right. have been anybody. I, w-
2: I want to go to the Millers because this is a point <laughs> here. But one of the things that used to fly all over me when they would say, someone would say, source is close to the program. They would be the source because right. they're a beat writer. That infuriates me. Hey, Christian, you played with Golding. You played for Golding. What are your thoughts here? And then Corey Miller uh, follow up with uh, does Alabama need a change there?
5: First, Christian. Well, you know, I think right now it's a lot of speculation, but there is some growing buzz, and the rumors are heating up. Um, So it's something to watch for. But, again, there was a lot of buzz and speculation about Lane Kiffin, you know, being the next head coach at Auburn. And, and people sounded like they were also 95% positive that would happen and then that ultimately didn't happen. So I'm always hesitant um, about accepting these reports and whatnot before anything becomes official. But um, if I'm being honest, I, I heard these rumors actually um, as early as last week. And, um, again, they were just kind of rumors, so I, I didn't – you know, mention it or kind of go um, beyond that. Um, but now that it's starting to kind of circulate um, throughout social media, um, you know, maybe there is some some traction that's being gained right now. Um, but, again, that's part of the business. Um, you know, people are going to be sought after. And, you know, Ole Miss finished 75th in total defense last year. So it would not surprise me if they are looking to upgrade at the defensive coordinator position. Um, I guess it's just to be determined who that uh, next person will be if they do choose Um, to elect a new defensive coordinator. Um, But speaking on Pete and my experiences with him, again, I always speak so highly of him. You know, he's um, a great, uh, remarkable recruiter, Um, does a fantastic job getting guys in the program. You know, again, he's a younger guy, but also very innovative and creative um, with his defenses. And he's extremely hardworking. You know, he's going to stay long hours. He's going to get there early. He's always um, looking to improve um, and that's just who he is. You know. I, I think people finally got to see a glimpse of that in his press conferences that he did down at the Sugar Bowl. Um, you could really just see his competitive nature and his spirit and his mentality. Um, so he, he's definitely a good candidate. Um, I, guess, I guess we'll just have to wait and see um, what actually happens um, with that. But it will be interesting if he does leave to see who Alabama would then turn to um, to bring in as their new defensive coordinator. Um, so I definitely will be um, on the lookout for, for what develops from this. Why would
3: Pete Golding leave Alabama for Ole Miss? In, in just uh, hypothetically,
5: well, it could be a number of things. Um, and I'm not saying by any means that this is the case. However, sometimes yeah. that w- w- when there's a situation where Coach Saban may be looking to um, uh, search elsewhere um, for for another candidate at a, at a um, for a position coach or a coordinator, um, it is. You know typically well known that he usually almost sets them up with another job before um, he moves on from them I'm not saying that this is the case um, but that has happened where he, he he's looking to part ways with a coach whether it be a position coach or a coordinator and instead of it being so much of he never wants to put anybody down or put them behind and you'll never almost hear of anything um, from you know his staff where it's as if he's just firing somebody or they're being let go is always almost oh they're moving on somewhere, and I think that says so much about him um, and his integrity and how much respect he has for these men because it's hard to get coaching jobs, um, so that could be potentially a reason where maybe it, it's a mutual decision where or maybe more so you know the school or Coach Saban is looking to to move on but he's trying to set him up um, with another job or you know maybe you know. Pete feels there's a better opportunity for him elsewhere um, to grow and and develop um, because I'm sure he has aspirations of being even more than a coordinator um, at some point. So it it just depends. But those two kind of things stick out to me because I I, I get it. I feel like the defensive coordinator at the University of Alabama is arguably the most sought-after position in college football. Why wouldn't you want to be the defensive coordinator here and coach under Coach Saban and, and compete for national championships year in and year out? Um, but sometimes uh, other people see fit or, unfortunately, um, they might not have too much of a choice. Um, but, that's, but again, that's the good thing about Coach Saban. He always um, is very respectful in that process and um, goes above and beyond to make sure those guys also have more opportunities on the other side.
2: Corey Miller, does Alabama need to make a change there? Uh, you know,
6: it's one of those um, situations you know, if I was a cussing man, I would say D if you do and the D word if you don't. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if Pete Golden stays, is that a bad thing for Alabama? Absolutely not. If he goes, is that a good thing? Maybe. Um, because if, if I look at this defense and basing it on what I've seen over the last eight, nine years of following this program, um, it's different. It's not the same. I look at Georgia's defense. I look at Alabama's defense, and I can be honest with you, I get frustrated because I used to see the mentality that Kirby Smart and Georgia defense played with. That used to be Alabama. Toughness, wear them out. The things y'all play a little bit of in, in Kirby's pregame speech. You know, go out and, and make them quit. You know, that used to be Alabama. And I, honestly, I don't see that alpha attacking blowing people up, I see a lot of nice guys. And um, and I don't know if that's a reflection of Pete Golden uh, because, you know, they say that players take on the persona of the coach. Well, I would suggest that Georgia's defense is taking on Kirby Smart's personality. Um, Alabama, you know, I used to say they take on Nick Saban's personality, but I haven't seen that. I mean, the the discipline issues of making mistakes. I mean, letting guys just run the blown coverages. I mean, just really uncharacteristic of Alabama's defense. Now, whose fault is that? You know, you got to say it's the coordinator because that's who is uh, head coach in the defense, but you know, isn't coach Saban allowing that to happen more? I don't know, but I know this. I think they got to get more aggressive. I think they got to be more dominant. Now, listen, they're not a bad defense. It's still a, Top 10 defense, but to me, it's not as aggressive. You know, how people ran the ball on Alabama, Ole Miss, you know, Kansas State, uh, uh, you go back, you know, Auburn, these teams, we just dashed them up in the run game. And, and I can tell you as a defensive player, that is a pride thing. You know, to have the ball being run on you, I mean, that's, that's somebody stripping your pride. And that's what I'm saying. You know, stopping the run, physicality, uh, you know, those things to me I have not seen. I know Pete very well. And I will say this to, to shut up on this conversation is that, I mean, we talked about this, Matt. Delta State, uh, you know, Pete Golden, yeah. Mississippi, there's ties there. He and Lane Kiffin, I can tell you, are tight. They're boys. They're, you know what I mean? I used to we some weeks go and hang out. And I know that relationship there, and I can tell you who's Lane Kiffin going to go after Pete Golden. And he's gonna give him money. And he's gonna give him a freedom. And he's gonna say, "Hey, you don't have to be taking these eight children from Coach Saban. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you do your thing. This is your defense." And yeah, that is going to be attractive to a guy like Pete Golden going to old Miss. So I totally believe there is a dead cat on the line, and I think it's probably going to happen.
3: Yeah, and so. Pete Golding said before the Sugar Bowl that he plans to be back in Tuscaloosa as defensive coordinator in 2023. You know, take that for what it's worth. But here's the reality. Alabama has not had a top five total defense since Jeremy Pruitt left in 2017. And that season, Alabama finished number one in total yards allowed and won a national championship. And during the five-year stretch since... Alabama has had only one top ten defense, and that was in 2021 and uh, when they ranked seventh. And you have to ask yourself, is it a coincidence that Alabama has only won one national championship during that time period, Matt?
2: Well, uh, Christian's been saying this all year that he has seen, even in his limited amount of time since he departed the University of Alabama in the football program, that uh, there's a cultural change. And, and I agree. I've seen it. Corey's seen it. Well, evidently, it hadn't gotten to Athens. There was no cultural change. In get, the difference between go get them and sick them, uh, Kirby Smart, Smart has instituted that uh, with the, the
1: University of Georgia.
2: Let's talk NFL in a moment.
1: This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian.
0: 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow
3: trucks, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway.
0: We're
4: making improvements and helping our communities stay connected.
7: We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe, too. Alabama's Move Over Law requires you to move over a lane when you see
0: flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this state. And Doug. Hey, listener. Welcome to Lemu's Karaoke Lounge, where Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. And the music never stops. For tomorrow and Sunday, a good supply of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow, 50 Sundays high at 58 degrees. I'm James Spann of the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 40 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Back on Big Noon Sports, uh, Matt Coker along with Christian Miller and Lars Anderson. Corey Miller is our guest here, and in the interest of his time and our time before we get to our top-of-the-hour break, I'm going to jump straight to the National Football League. And do you still have strong allegiances for the Giants as they take on the Vikings, who you think's going to win that one and just kind of handicap the rest of the field if you can So,
6: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a giant, man. Um, that's why I spent uh, 90% of my time in the National Football League, and the other 10% was with the Minnesota Vikings. So my two teams I played for going at it, I, I just go back to a couple of weeks ago, the Giants were in Minnesota with a chance to win that ball game. Um Listen, I, I think if we see the Daniel Jones that we've been seeing the last couple of weeks, Saquon Barker is able to run the football. You know, Daniel Jones don't make the mistakes, you know, giving them free possessions. Um, Giants, I like the defense. They're aggressive, the secondary, Johnny on the spot. Um, Kirk Cousins is known to give you some uh, some some uh, in big big games. Uh, I think they got a chance. I mean, I think they have confidence. It felt like they let one slip away. They, they Minnesota to kick it like a 60-yard field goal, something crazy to beat them. The last time, so I'm going to go with the G-men. Uh, you know, I, I love Brian Dayball. I, you know, of course, this time in Alabama, I became friends with him. We smoked a cigar or two down there at a local establishment, and so I'm going with the G-men, and and, and I think they advance. The game that intrigues me a lot, guys, is right here, close by me in Jacksonville, and uh, with Trevor Lawrence and that that you know, Doug Peterson got them uh, back into a prominence. Uh, you know, you're taking on the Chargers. Uh, This is a team that got blown out by Jacksonville during the course of the years, although uh, a lot of their players' starters were out of that ball game. But can Jacksonville, in Duval County, hang on and win a playoff game? Uh, Can Trevor Lawrence be that guy that everybody thought he would be, the number one overall pick out of Clemson, and and play some big-time football? You know, he had lapses in the last game. It was their defense that got him the the win over uh, Tennessee. But can he bounce back and play well? I think he's going to have to against that fierce pass rush of the Chargers. So that game uh, intrigues me. And then also, you know, old man uh, Tom Brady down just a little 100 miles or so south of there at Tampa with the Cowboys coming in who lost their final game. Uh, Dak Prescott not looking good at all. Questions uh surfacing now with Dallas. If McCarthy don't win this game, is he out of a job? Or will Jerry Jones fire him? I mean, you know. It's going to be interesting. Can Tom bounce back? He said they're relatively the most healthy that they've been all year. Um, he played lifestyle against the Carolina Panthers. That game was for the NFC South. Um, he did a great job of, of throwing the football. Uh, can he have that type of performance uh, against Dallas? I mean, they beat Dallas the first week of the season. Uh, and so can they do it again? So that's another uh, kind of intriguing game that's going to happen on the week. I, I tell you guys, I'm excited about NFL. I like to call it grown man football. Saturday, and Sunday, man. There are a lot of uh, great football games to watch, and and it's going to be interesting to see some of those games like the one I just uh, listed to see what happens.
3: Corey, how much does the intensity level ramp up when you go from regular season to playoff football?
6: Way up, brother. I mean, you go from preseason, Chris can tell you that, you kind of, you know, for the veterans, you know, that got their spot not so much intensity. The young guys play hard. Regular season it goes way up, but man, the playoffs, because it's when to go home. It's checked. It's extra checks. It's extra money. And people don't realize that, man, that, you know, when I played, it was like, you know, divisional rounds, like thirty-eight thousand dollars I believe, per game and keeps going up. So, uh, you think about it, man, a lot of these guys, everybody don't make 5, 10, 20, $50 million. Dollars. These guys are talking about not just win, but checks. I mean, so every week that you, you win, that means another big check uh bonus coming to your your bank account. So it, the intensity goes way up, man, and I'm telling you, it's fun. Playoff football is fun. I played in several playoff games, hadn't didn't get to the Super Bowl the Giants, but we were there uh, numerous times. But uh man, it is it goes to a whole other level. The fans are loud. I'm telling you it's it's fun to play and it's fun to watch as well.
7: Corey,
3: uh, can we get your Super Bowl prediction? What two teams are going to emerge here out of the NFC and the AFC?
6: Well, uh, you know, I like I like Patrick Mahomes, man. I like Kansas City. I know Joe Burrow has had his number. They struggled with Buffalo. That AFC is going to be wild, man. And of course, whoever wins here and maybe a neutral site game, all that stuff could play a big role about about uh, who gets the Super Bowl. But I still like Kansas City in the AFC. The NFC, you know, I'm, I, I'm Jalen Hurts, man. I think, you know, Jalen coming back. I mean, that Eagles team, they got everything. They got the offense and the RPO game with Jalen Hurts. Uh, they can run it. They can throw it. Brown on the outside. Devontae Smith. They got the secondary. They can cover you. You know, they got great corners. They got great defensive front against the quarterback. They're the most complete team, I think, in the NFC. And uh, somewhere, the way somehow the Cowboys going to be the Cowboys, they're going to stink up the joint. And all the talent they got, they're going to fall somewhere. So I'm taking the Eagles, and I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl.
5: Who do you got winning MVP? And
6: yep. Oh, wow. Uh, Patrick Mahomes going to win. Patrick Mahomes, I, I want a jail You know me. I mean, you know, me and the dad, we we close. We hung out all those years down in Bama, man. I love Jalen. I love his family. And I would love for him to have that trophy just to make a lot of people all those awful uh, prognostications about him being a quarterback. But unfortunately, the injury hurt him, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think, is just going away with the uh, MVP. Uh, it's going to be Jalen's going to be second. I promise you that. But because he missed those couple of games, man, I think it just it hurt his buzz, and Patrick Mahomes just continues to just be lights out.
3: Corey, I know we only have like thirty seconds, twenty seconds. Uh, do we see Tua play football again?
6: I don't know. I, you know, I, he's an athlete, and, you know, they said you got to be crazy to play this game called football, and he's got a little bit of that crazy. I can tell you he's going to want to do it, everything in his power, every doctor, every second, third, fourth opinion, but he needs to really assess that very carefully through prayer and his family because, you know, he has a lot more life to live than years to play football. If I had to give him advice, that's what I would say, brother. Listen, man, you got. You want to have kids, you want to be in your right frame of mind and healthy football, you still can be a part. So I think he will do everything he can. And I think it's up to him and his family and what the Lord says through prayer. But I wish him nothing but the best. Awesome family, man. They got an awesome family.
2: Thank you, Corey. Thanks, Corey.
6: God bless y'all. road Tide, Georgia. You're not there yet. You need about 10 more years. We'll see you then.
0: Adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now they're skyrizzy. Risen Kizumab Riza, a prescription only 100.
1: 100- Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller.
2: You heard it, it's Christian Lars, Matt, Big Noon Sports on a Friday afternoon where we kind of cut up and have a little fun and want to get you involved too, especially since uh, it's a relatively new network in the anniston Gadsden area, Birmingham area, and Tuscaloosa. The number is 205-342-9904. Uh, topics are plentiful as far as sports is concerned. And even more so. I mean, it's a Friday. You got stuff you want to talk about? Please do. We welcome your phone calls early and often. Again, it's 205-342-9904. Now, the stories that are kind of on our menu today is that uh, there is a possibility that Pete Golding may leave the University of Alabama as defensive coordinator and go where? Ole Miss. He and Lane Kiffin are big-time buddies and, um, of course, Golding, some people still calling for him over in, in Tuscaloosa. I think more people support Golding than not. I just think that the non-supporters are a whole lot louder. Um, want to jump back in the NCAA transfer rules. And, uh, Christian, I was really, uh, a little disappointed we ran out of time because your dad was just on with us, Corey Miller. And we talked about Golding when we talked about the NFL, but he, he does not. <laughs> Is it safe to say he doesn't
5: like the transfer portal? No, he's definitely not a big fan of it, Matt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they, uh, but yesterday the NCAA announced that uh, if you're a second-time transfer portal uh, student-athlete, uh, you're going to have to jump through more hoops, uh, i.e. you can't just do so for playing time. And I don't know how they're going to measure that, how they're going to tell that. I mean, it, and and... Kristen, with the number of players that enter the transfer portal for a second time, if uh, the NCAA is going to be charged with doing a case by case basis basis, that's a whole lot of working hours, isn't it? Yeah. Who's going to
5: do all that? Uh, y- honestly, it sounds probably like it's going to be a lot busier um, than it re- than it will be. But you know, th- those were. The circumstances um, originally before um, this transfer, transfer portal that we have now, it was pretty much a case by case basis. Um, granted, there weren't weren't nearly as many uh, athletes in that portal, or well, I guess not a portal, but applying for um, those those um, you know uh, transfer uh, options. But um, you know, it, I don't think it'll be uh, as complicated as as complicated as it appears to be. Um, I think they'll just look at it. They'll dive into your, your reasonings. Uh, does it fall on the guidelines? You know, they'll probably get on a call or something to speak with you, try to figure out um, exactly what the issue is, and then they'll make a decision. But um, you know, again, I, I like the new rule. I think it uh, provides equity for both uh, the, the athletes as well as the schools. And I think it's a, a great thing moving forward. You know, people have that one time free pass to transfer um, unpenalized, and play right away. And the club, well, school, excuse me, I keep saying club because it might as well be. It's pretty much free agency at this point. But the schools now won't have to be um, you know, so shallow with their depth, uh, with losing so many guys and having to worry about recruiting their own program year in, year out, and hoping that they don't leave. So uh, I think it's a good thing moving forward, and, and hopefully they carry this over. Um, they carry some of this legislation towards the, the NIL um, issue that's at hand as well
3: Christian, do you like the fact now that um, if you enter the portal you'll still be able to get eligibility at the at the next school that you choose to attend rather than the way it used to be you'd have to sit out a year unless there were some extraordinary circumstances or you were a graduate transfer.
5: I think that works out in favor of the athlete for sure um, because I think the fact that you would have to sit out and lose a year of eligibility um, definitely uh, made many athletes think twice about transferring and it um, ultimately kept that number down it was almost a a huge constraint so uh, I think yeah, I, I like it for the athletes that do need that opportunity elsewhere. They can go ahead and play right away without sacrificing that year of eligibility. However, um, I, I am in agreement with the fact that, you know, they only need it. Well, not only need it, but they get one chance to do that unpenalized without losing that year. Um, that way we don't keep seeing this trend of guys leaving and leaving. Um, you know, I hate to, you know, throw this guy under the bus, but uh, Ayabi Yanoma, who I play with here, he's a five-star recruit here. Um he was at Michigan who was his third destination um he just announced that he's in the portal again um so this would be his fourth time or his fourth program um because he started here he went to a smaller school I believe then he ended up at Michigan and now he's transferring again so um and again I don't, I don't know specifics I, I, I don't know the reasoning uh, it's just when you see these it's just kind of unfortunate because I do feel like guys if they could just stick it out and and, and you know make it work and, and really just hunker down and, and, and compete and, and, you know, just give it their all that, that it will work out. Cause again, I was one of those guys that, you know, I had injuries. I had, uh, I was, you know, down on the depth charts. I had many reasons that I probably could have entered the portal or, or looked to transfer, but I chose to stick it out in it and it paid dividends. And, um, I'm am uh, forever grateful for sticking it out. And I'm um, forever proud of myself. Um, because again, you know, you're, your greatest victories coming from your greatest trials. And I always have such a high level of um, um, confidence and and sense of uh, pride um, for sticking it out and and really um, earning everything that that I was able to accomplish. Christian, I'm really glad that you brought up Yabi Unoma because
2: I think a lot of people are very curious and um, don't want you to get into the personal side of it, maybe just on the field, but this guy was so highly recruited. And he was looked upon as to be one of the next great Alabama linebackers. But obviously that didn't happen. And now he has bounced around significantly.
3: Um, for we, lack he, of a better way, what's his problem? But but he had some good – he he flashed at Michigan. Am yeah, I, am I correct? Yes.
2: He had
5: some and good games. He did. Well. And that's that's why I was saying I don't know specifics. I don't know reasonings. I haven't spoken to him in um, quite a while. Um, so I'm not going to speculate or, or try to get into that because I, I don't know – um, I just, I just do know that he has entered the portal and, and I just, I guess I was a little shocked too, because I thought that he was playing well with Michigan and I thought, in, you know, it was uh, good to see him, um, you know, back in a, a big time program and, um, you know, finally kind of stepping into his shoes that, that we all knew he was capable of. Cause again, this guy was, um, you know, so talented. He was immensely talented. This guy had, uh, all the measurables in terms of side, size and athleticism. Um, probably one of the greatest athletes I've seen in terms of his first step. He's just so explosive. Um, I mean, this guy was the epitome of, of a quick twitch you know, athlete, specifically at the defensive end position. Um, but just, again, you know, sometimes things just don't work out. Um, and, and I wish him nothing but the best, but um, I hope he does kind of figure it out because, again, he's just one of those guys where um, he has all the talent in the world. Um, and I think I heard him even say this. Uh, in an interview, they asked him about his time here at Alabama um, recently while he was at Michigan, and he said it himself. you know, it was, you know they asked him why i didn 't work out here and I think he basically alluded to the fact that he said it was a, a mindset thing you know he just he was a little immature at the time, and um, unfortunately that 's part of it and that 's why I was saying I, I spoke on this a little while ago i think i can 't remember who it was they asked me you know what is it where some guys you know these five stars come here and some guys work out, and some guys don 't And that's exactly what I said. You know, typically if a guy has all the talent in the world, if he doesn't, um, you know, leave this program successful, nine times out of ten it's more so between the eyes, meaning, you know, it's a maturity thing or this program just isn't the best fit for them um, because, again, it requires, um, you you know, immense discipline. And you you really have to learn how to um, get out of yourself and, and really pour into the team. And, you know, it's hard for some guys to do that. These guys are coming from... High school, where they're five stars, they dominate their league. You know they're the man of the town. and You know they, they they have everything going. And then sometimes they get here, and the way it works here at Alabama is, you know, you have to earn your right to be on the field. It doesn't matter. We don't give a damn how many stars you have. You know what awards you won in high school. None of that matters when you get here at Alabama. I mean, you once you step foot in that locker room, you're just like everybody else because half that locker room accomplished the same things, if not more. And so you have to start over from ground zero and work your way up and you know some guys really thrive in that environment and others you know they don't see the big picture and they sometimes you know they feel threatened or they 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 get upset and they, they and what happens is it's almost like a down downhill spiral where it starts off with man I'm frustrated I want to play and then when you don't have the right mindset now you're going into workouts and you're not really taking things serious you're on the practice field you're just you have bad body language you're not really out there competing and then that's what the coaches are seeing. You put on tape, but then that doesn't work in your favor. Then it kind of just spirals from there. So um, there's a number of things. But, uh, yeah, the, the, you see that happen sometimes with guys who are so highly recruited um, that come to a program like Alabama and others for that matter. I mean, I think, I'm sure it's the same way at the Georgias and Ohio States and Michigans as well.
3: I think all three of us are in agreement that we like this rule. Like, it, it just sort of – Calms everything down a little bit, Matt. And because the transfer portal is just, it has gotten out of control. It has become free agency. And now, any undergraduate, right, who transfers a second time, as we have said, uh, they have to meet specific guidelines in order to be eligible for immediate playing time. And that starts with the 2023 24 season. Uh, which is this upcoming season, or they're going to have to risk sitting out a year between transfers. So what are the exceptions? Under the new rule, players can still get immediate eligibility at their next school if they are transferring due to a physical injury or a mental health concern. So that is going to have to be weighed Matt by um, by a, a committee of sorts, right? And now, it, then it even gets a little more complicated. Uh, there's what's called exigent circumstances, and even though I'm the son of a lawyer. I really don't even know what exigent circumstances really means. Uh, you're the son of a rocket scientist, so you're far smarter than I am. Uh, no. Uh, so, no. <laughs> no. I but, think
5: you have to
2: no, keep but, but, one but, word cool. in
3: mind here, sons. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Unfortunately, maybe for, fortunately or fortunately, the the apple fell, fell far from the tree from both of us. But um, no. So the NCAA will consider, quote, unquote, exigent circumstances like abuse or sexual assault, and we're in no way making light of that. But they will consider these circumstances, um, but they will not consider academic or athletic reasons like being unsatisfied with playing time on their team. So essentially what we're saying is there are going to be some exceptions uh, that you will have to apply for a waiver Just like you did uh, before, but hopefully in the totality of all of this, it just calms everything down.
2: What it's going to do, or I think their intent and my hope is it's going to give players much cause to pause and think before they try a second time. And maybe because of that, it'll leave them down with their initial decision. This is is my one and only, so to speak. You're listening to Big Noon
1: Sports. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian.
0: I studied Spanish in college and never got fluent. But then I tried Babbel. Want the most effective way to learn another language? In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel's bite-sized lessons will have you learn... Tomorrow and Sunday, a good supply of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow 50, Sunday's high at 58 degrees. I'm James Spam on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 41 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: Back on Big Noon Sports. Appreciate everybody dialing us in on the radio. You can also do so on our website at BigNoonSports.com. Just go there, hit Listen Live, same as an app. You can just go straight to us. Also, follow us on Twitter at Big Noon Sports. Let's go to the phones, in fact, and talk at 205-342-9904. And there awaits Pat. Pat, how are you this afternoon? Hey,
7: man, I'm doing wonderful. uh, You guys have a great show today. Um... I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the DC at uh, Alabama. I'm hearing that. Uh, I got some buddies of mine that are Ole Miss fans, and they're swearing up and down that uh our DC is going to Ole Miss, and that uh and if that be the case, uh, I'm hearing that uh, possibly uh, Coach Schumann, I think he's a co-defensive coordinator at Georgia, and uh, one Mister Bo Davis. Uh, Possibly are headed to Tuscaloosa. That, uh, can y'all lend any credibility to this?
3: I defer to Christian on this one. Hell, I don't
2: know. Oh, you are not gonna say uh,
5: no. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't. I really have no idea. Like I said earlier, I mean, it's all speculation um, at this point. At least on my end, I am reading it just like you guys are. Uh, I have no no knowledge to any of this. And uh, like I advise anybody, I'm always cautious uh, to believe anything I just read on Twitter, um, even if it is someone credible, until something is in writing. Because um, I've seen circumstances where people have agreements in play and everything seems to be going one way, then at the last minute it doesn't happen. But if you want me to offer my opinion on uh, – uh, I spoke about Pete earlier, but I will say – Um, Glenn Schumann would be definitely a name I would probably wouldn't be shocked if he made his way back here he was here for a while in a role where he was kind of uh, behind the scenes kind of like an analyst role here um, even when I was playing here and I will say Glenn is one of the smartest guys I've ever met he is um, such a such a bright mind and uh, he's he's definitely very talented you know he's a younger guy so he's you know probably not someone uh, a lot of people are familiar with because again he was so behind the scenes when he was here but he played uh, major roles in, in a lot of the, a lot of things around here uh, specifically on the defensive side of the football when he did uh, spend time here in Tuscaloosa so I wouldn't be shocked you know it, it's very common for coach Saban to, to look and, and grab guys that that do have experience working under him in some form or fashion um, so that that would make sense if he if he made his way back here. Uh, it would be his first time being a defensive coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, um, because I think his first time being a on-field position coach was actually at Georgia when Kirby brought him from here. Um, so okay. definitely something to look out for. But yeah, I don't, I don't have any any behind-the-scenes scoop or, or anything. I'm right. I'm reading up on okay. it just like you guys. All
7: right, okay. Wait, well, one more one more question that I uh, I'm hearing that oh uh, O'Brien too, oh the uh, uh, uh Patriots is a done deal and that and if that be the case that uh, besides uh, Dan Mullins that uh, Freddie Kitchen's name is being mentioned more and more and more in inner circles.
5: Huh. Yeah, I hadn't heard that.
3: Yeah one. Um, I, I I don't know about that one either um, but I do want to go back to the defensive coordinator for a second um, a, a couple names intrigue me, and uh, Christian, these are names that that uh, I know that you are familiar with, and uh, one is Sal Sari. Uh, you know he's been around the program at at various times. Uh, he's and, about uh, to retire. Just
5: a okay. Well, yeah, maybe yeah. not Sal Sari. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut uh, you off. I, just, I know. I just know that he, he's uh, about to retire. So yeah, I don't. That that one's.
7: Definitely didn't know. Yeah. But but if Bo Davis comes back to save our defensive line, it doesn't matter who you can make who you make the ball over. better. Uh, I mean Bo Davis is gonna do the job better uh, and I mean I got complete faith in Bo Davis. Do y'all not?
5: I do because I A lot of was do. with him and I, I love his style of coaching. Uh he's one of the hardest coaches I've ever been around. Uh, it 's completely uh, it 's just one of those where he is not afraid to jump on anybody uh young yeah. old other staff he don't he don 't care you know and, and but that yeah. that type of of leadership um is vital especially. Uh, amongst your defensive line, because that's your core, you know, you, that's the trenches. You you want that type of accountability and physicality and, and just aggressiveness up front. So I would be all for that. I, th- I think um there just might be some loopholes because when he left here, there was some recruiting violations, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well,
7: yeah, I understand, but that but he's been he's been coaching in basically an SEC team. I mean, Texas will be part of the SEC next year. Right, but but I, but know, I feel so, like if, if
5: they could have brought him back, they probably would have. Um, so again, I think there's some loopholes that they probably need to figure out first. I, I'm sure they yeah. would love to have him back, but um, yeah. that's that's for them to sort out. But he definitely would be a, a great hire.
7: Great hire. What coach? All
2: right, thank in, you, fellas. What,
5: what, what, Go ahead. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, Pat. This is a great Files, subject. Files.
3: Um, this is uh, again a kind of a question for for Christian and for you, Matt. Okay. What coach who has won a national championship, whose specialty is defense, who could use some time in the Nick Saban Coaching Rehab Center?
1: And he
4: talks like this.
2: Uh, What coach who's won a national championship as a head coach?
4: Yeah.
3: Ed Orgeron. Oh. Oh. Oh, huh. oh what about yeah, Ed Yeah, that,
5: that that wouldn't be bad. I'm just throwing I'm just throwing
3: names out I'd, because it would make sense. Wait, hold up, hold up, uh, hold
5: up. By the way, that wait, wait, may be wait, the wait, worst wait, Ed Ozeron
2: impersonation wait. I've ever heard of my life. Wait, wait,
5: wait, on. On. wait a second. No, that's a great Lars. I I love the direction you're going because at first I was all for that until I just remembered that little video that came out of him in the locker room when they were playing us. And his uh his old I don't know if y'all heard that where it was like F F that or roll tide this or roll uh, he, he it was something yeah, it, was, he it was said F, F roll tide. Yeah, yeah. It was, so yeah. that that he might want to clear that up heals. first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he might want to clear that up first. Um
3: any any possibility of Jeremy Pruitt coming back.
5: I think Boy sure we're good under him. Yeah, but again, I think. Hey, it's a uh, let's take thing. another
3: call. But, okay, okay, hold on, I, I, and I got one more name, and uh, and this would be the, the home run hire, and this would be the person who would replace Nick Saban as being the next head coach at Alabama. Oh, I'm, uh, I'm loaded for this, D'Amico Ryan's. Oh, God! Can you? But isn't he destined to
2: be an NFL? head He coach?
3: probably is, but you know what? Uh, the, I don't know D'Amico very well. I'm, I'm sure Christian does, or he's come come across him uh, in his years. But uh, he loves Alabama. He loves Tuscaloosa. He bleeds crimson. And if he were to somehow come uh, get lured back and become the D coordinator and almost become the head coach in waiting, don't you think that there's a
5: chance?
2: I think uh, Lars is bringing the A day, A game.
5: Yeah. yeah well, here, Christian, I, I,
2: with the, the Edo and, and now the D'Amico.
5: Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I like again, I like the I like direction the from the the Edo. I mean, again, other than this little video from him playing in, in that locker room. But, you know, D'Amico Ryans would be a phenomenal hire. You know, he's a Bessemer native and, uh, you know, he played here. And I spent time with him down at the Senior Bowl. Uh, man, he is a great football coach and an even better person. And anybody you, you run into that has that run into him, they have nothing but great things to say about him. And he has just done a phenomenal job out there in San Francisco with that defense. And I think that would be a home run. Now, I think the the biggest hurdle there would be, does he want to come to the college level? Now, if he does want to, uh, I think there's no better place than Alabama. Uh, but it it just depends if, if he has a preference of coaching in the NFL or college. And, and to be clear on that Bo Davis hire thing, I love Freddie Roach. I know him personally. I think he's a, a great coach. I'm just speaking on if – if Bo Davis were to be hired, I think, you know, he's a great coach because, I, again, I spent time with him as well, and um, I love that attitude. I, I remember specifically, you know, my first year or two, listening to his pregame speeches and the way he used to fire the defensive lineup. I don't know if there's clips of that online or what um, circulating somewhere, but when I tell you that guy had those guys ready to run through a freaking brick wall, I mean, and just watching in that defensive line took on his identity – that was the nastiest defensive line in 2015, or I can't remember what year he left, but I know specifically in 2015, guys like Jonathan Allen, Jaron Reed, Dallin Tom, 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 Tomlinson, Darren Lake, man, I'm telling you, that he had those guys playing like dogs. So I'm I'm a huge advocate uh, for Bo Davis anytime his name comes up. But anyway, sorry, let's get to Steve on, on the phone. I'm sorry hold, uh, to hold you up. Steve, you there?
4: Hey, Christian, I'm here. How you doing, bud?
5: Doing well. How are you?
4: Great. This this is really geared toward you. Uh, let, you coming out of South Carolina, you're a, you're an elite high school player. Mm-hmm. You're a four or five star, and then you know, you getting all these visits, and then the University of Alabama comes calling, and if that's not enough, Nick Nick Saban comes a call. Now my question is: Do coordinators come into the uh, recruitment factor for you at all? Does it matter, or are you just playing for the university? You playing for Nick Saban?
5: That's a great question, Steve. Um, I, I would say um, all those things matter. Um, you know, ultimately, <laughs> I wanted to go to. Uh, The university that I felt had the right program for me. They had the right things in place. I looked at factors like how they treat their guys uh, once they leave the program, what kind of things they have in place for um, post-football career development programs and whatnot. But I also did pay attention to, um, you know, who the coordinator was, even though I knew the probability of them being there my, you know, entire four years, four or five years. Um, probably was slim, Um, that did make a big difference because I was a guy that was a hybrid. I played in the 3-4 system, and I was the outside linebacker in that scheme. So I wanted to go to a team that that had a defensive coordinator um, that ran the 3-4 defense, which we ran that here. And I wanted to to play for a coordinator that I felt – um, you know, comfortable with that could utilize my skill set because ultimately, um, you know, coordinators are the ones they are going to come up with defensive game plans and, and and they they have to know how to utilize the guys that they have and their skill set to put them in positions to make plays. And, and I felt that that was right. um, a big factor for me. And I know that's a big factor for many guys on both sides of the ball. You look at it on offense, you have receivers. They want to go play for guys like Lincoln Riley. Why? Because they like his system. They like his scheme. They like that the way they fit in and, and they see the potential that if they go and play for a coach like that, they'll be put in position to make big plays, which ultimately will lead to them having opportunities at the next level.
4: Well, you've answered my question, Christian, and I sure do appreciate your time, bud.
5: Yes, sir. Anytime, Steve. Thanks for calling.
4: Hey, hey have a good day.
5: Yes, sir. You too.
4: Steve, indeed. And if you want to
2: jump online, you can as well. Just dial 205-342-9904. Got to jump into the NFL here. We've got two games tomorrow and several on Sunday. We've got a Monday night football game and playoffs. So we're going to talk about that when we return on Big Noon Sports.
1: More Big Noon Sports coming up.
0: Game on, game on. And Doug. Hey, listener. Welcome to Moo's Karaoke Lounge, where Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. And the music never stops.
2: on Big Noon Sports, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, along with Christian Miller. Appreciate you folks dialing us in and also a reminder we can also be picked up now on our brand new website at BigNoonSports.com Twitter handle is at Big Noon Sports. You can communicate with us there as well. The National Football League. The wild card games are this weekend and i um, just a second ago, I had everything pulled up on my computer, and then all at once it blew up. So I know we've got uh, just two games tomorrow, isn't that right, Lars? I'm th- yeah. <laughs> As I throw it right back to you, and and I don't know if you've got them pulled. No, up no, I, I uh, do.
3: And let's just um, let's just uh, sort of pick them off one at a time, and uh, and uh, kind of just roll through them and give our analysis. The the first one is uh, tomorrow at three thirty. And by the way, this is like this weekend and next weekend are my two favorite weekends of the NFL because we have playoff football pretty much nonstop, and it means so much. So, <clears throat> first game is three thirty on Fox, uh, Seattle. At the 49ers, uh, right now what I'm seeing is the 49ers are favored by nine and a half. Um, The two teams have played each other twice this year. 49ers have beat the Seahawks twice by a combined score of 48 to 20. Christian, do you give the Seahawks a puncher's chance to knock out the 49ers?
5: I think they have a chance. Um, It's going to be a a tough matchup for them. You know, the 49ers defense is playing phenomenal. And, you know, Brock Purdy, you know, he's, you know, people didn't expect him to play the way he's playing, but he's just been playing great so far. And uh, I think that the 49ers are going to be too much for them to handle. But, you know, in NFL, you always got a chance. And uh, I will say Geno Smith um, has been playing. Man, he is playing some of his best football yet. (laughs) Oh, Where did, uh, How does that happen? Geno Smith has come out of nowhere,
3: and he threw for almost 4,300 yards, the most in Seahawks history. I mean, and you have to realize that they've had some pretty good quarterbacks, including Russell Wilson. And Geno Smith played like, um, you know, a, a top-five quarterback this year. Is, is it just because... Uh, Christian, that he's been in the league long enough, and uh, he's used to seeing different defenses, and and I, I I I don't know it. the The emergence of Geno Smith is one of the more intriguing stories of this entire NFL
5: year. Yeah, you know, and it could be a number of things, but definitely it it doesn't hurt you to have so much experience like he has. Um, you got to remember that this guy has a lot of, a lot of valuable playing experience. I mean, he's, he's thrown for, uh, you know, over 11,000 passing yards. So it's not like he's just been like a system backup his entire career. He's, he's played in some, some games. It's just one of those things that it, you know, maybe um, this opportunity um, that he got with Seattle was the right one for him. And it's a great fit schematically. and, And maybe he just has the right guys around him to really mesh. And, and quite frankly it could also be he just finally just he's had, had a fuel in him you know you listen to him in that interview talk about him being written off and it, it sounded like he's gone out there this season and he wants to play um, passionately and, and play the best ball that he can and uh, that's exactly what he did and, and it's, it's, it's good to see things like that because you know he, he's a, a great guy uh, and does a lot of stuff around the community as well but um, he's playing his best football, so I wouldn't count them out, but I definitely think the 49ers are a tough team, especially with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, um, who came um, from the Panthers, was, was acquired uh, during the season via trade, and he just completely, uh, man, the offense was already um, a, a really uh, you know, explosive offense already, but just with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, man, they've taken it to a whole other level, and they're, they're definitely a, a threatening team right now. Yeah, that's why I like the Niners, to, to win more calf, than a game. Right? He, 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 he'll be he the is. difference in this one. But
2: I will, I will say one thing, and I've never really thought of Pete Carroll's being a quarterback whisperer, but somebody's got to throw him a donut or two here because good grief. He went from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith. Nobody gave him a shot of finishing five hundred, much less making the playoffs. Um, I, I think Carroll has done an outstanding job, but that's not going to matter. Uh, forty niners are going to win this one. I don't. I'm not a cover guy, a bet
3: guy, but um, I think they might win this by a couple touchdowns. I agree. Um, okay, and then Saturday night, seven fifteen local here, central in Birmingham on NBC. You have the Chargers at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and um, this is going to feature two of the most exciting young quarterbacks in the game: Chargers Justin Herbert making his first playoff appearance and uh, Trevor Lawrence, who man, they uh, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson with uh, urban Meyer as his head coach last year. It was a bit of a disaster, but Trevor has really emerged and he has become the player. We thought he could be when he was the number one overall pick last year. And, um, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he played in a winner-go-home game last week, and uh, he, he didn't play particularly well, to be honest. Uh, it was the uh, defense on a very questionable call that only took 20 seconds to review um, <laughs> on, on, on why uh, uh, Jacksonville won this game. But something tells me, Christian, that Jacksonville's just a dangerous team. And and, and uh, it's going to be, be it's being played in Jacksonville. They haven't had a home. They haven't had a home playoff game for a while. Um, I, I don't know. I kind of I kind of like Jacksonville to pull off the upset, even though the Chargers are favored by two and a half.
5: You know, I like Jacksonville, and I think uh, it, it's in due part. Partly, because of the off-season additions that they went out uh, and got, they got they acquired Evan Ingram, um, tight end. In, they they acquired uh, Christian Kirk, who they signed to a lucrative deal. Um, and a lot of people were skeptical of it. <laughs> Boy, that's that's being kind, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> the, the,
3: the, 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 that was the most head-scratching deal I've seen in a long time, the the amount of money they gave Christian Kirk.
5: It was, but then you look at it now, and, and, and the position that they're in, they're, they're going to the playoffs for the first time in a while, and, and you look at Christian's stats um, from this season, he's been great. Uh, he's got 84 receptions for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, so I think he's lived up to those expectations that, that they had at least. You know, a lot of people um, were dubious of um, of him in that signing, but he he's proved a lot of people wrong, and Trevor Lawrence is finally starting to uh, come to fruition and, and, and showing signs that he can be what people thought he um, would be. And so I, I think they have a chance at, at being a little dangerous. Do I see them going all the way? Absolutely not. Not yet at least, but, um, you know, they, they are in the right direction, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they can upset – um, Los Angeles uh, but past that I- I'm not too sure a little doubtful
3: also Matt just a, a key note here Mike Williams who has just been playing phenomenal football for the Chargers he's out of this game he's not going to play and so you would expect the, uh, the, the Jags really to roll a safety over to Keenan Allen because I believe the Chargers uh, I could be wrong on this I think they've spent more money on their two starting wide receivers than any other team in the league. And with no Mike Williams, that that that's a big hit for the Chargers. On
2: Sunday, you got Dolphins, Bills, Giants, Vikings, and Ravens, Bengals. We'll discuss
1: those games in a moment. From T Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports.
0: Paid for by
5: Christian Care Ministry.
0: Let's see, if something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into, and that's Metashare. Maybe you've heard switching. For tomorrow and Sunday, a good supply of sunshine both days. The high tomorrow, 50 Sundays high at 58 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 41 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
2: back? Should I stay or should I go? Okay, here we go. Uh, We've got to go. Uh, Dolphins, Bills, we all know the situation with Tua. Uh, The Bills playing inspired football for a number of reasons. Certainly Hamlin is at the top of that list. Let's go to Christian Miller and find out who he's got in this one. For your information, that line went from 9.5 to now 13.5 once it was announced that Tua Tungvalu would not play. Christian Miller, your thoughts?
5: I got the Bills winning, and I think uh, majority of people looking at this game have the same feeling as I do. Just look at Josh Allen and the job that he's done in Buffalo, and you know guys like Stephon Diggs, man, they're, they're just they're they're a very talented football team. And they're they're they have you know great offensive weapons, and their defense has been solid. And you know I think it's either between and the AFC, it's really between them or Kansas City, and um, it's one of those things that. I just don't know if the Dolphins without Tua are going to provide much of a fight. I know Skylar Thompson, I think, is his name. You know, it's it's a feel-good story. It's awesome that he's getting an opportunity, and he's done some good things, but um, I just don't see him going out there and beating a Buffalo team.
3: This is a game your dad referenced because he played for both of these uh, squads, and that's the Giants at Vikings, and that's Sunday. 3.30 Central Time on Fox. Minnesota favored by uh, about three or so. Um, Kirk Cousins has not been given much respect. But, man, Minnesota, they won 13 games this year. Uh, do you give uh, – uh, you, 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 like your dad. Your dad said that uh, he he gives the Giants a really great chance of pulling off the upset. What, what are your thoughts, Christian?
5: I think there's a chance. Um, you know, Minnesota played great throughout the season, at least on paper. But if you really watch them, there are just some games. I mean, even look at the Colts game. They ultimately ended up winning that game, if I'm not mistaken. But, man, they were losing like 30-something to nothing, I, I think. And it, they, they just haven't been consistent. Yeah. Um, and Kirk has been great. You know, it, it helps to have a receiver like Justin Jefferson, who is arguably one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. Um, but I, it's just, again, you know, they, they're just, I think they're a little too inconsistent. They're almost like a hit or miss. It feels like, um, you know, a lot of people are even saying like, they were, so, they're probably one of the best, uh, like 10 or win, 10 or 11 win, uh, teams, uh, or excuse me, the worst 10 or 11 win teams they've seen just because their record on paper looks so so good but then you watch them play and they just don't really live up to it um so i I would not be shocked if the giants go out there and and get the job done um you know you got daniel jones and um saquon barkley who man he's just he's a talented guy just a hard hard stud yeah man hard player to to defend you know he just does so many things so well so um that's a that one right there is a toss-up it's kind of hard for me to to really you know pick a side on that one i really feel like it can go either way
3: I think that might be the best game of the of the weekend. Uh, okay, Sunday, seven fifteen Eastern local time here on NBC primetime. Uh, Ravens at the Bengals, Cincinnati. It's now jumped to uh, being the Bengals are now a nine and a half point favorite. Lamar Jackson is out as he recovers from a grade two PCL sprain. That means it's probably going to be Tyler Huntley. But even he has been struggling with uh, tendinitis in his throwing shoulder. So it could be rookie Anthony Brown under
5: center for the Ravens. Do you give the Ravens a chance here? I do not. You know, you you don't have a healthy Lamar Jackson, uh, like you just mentioned. Uh, Tyler Huntley's also banged up. They might have to go to... A uh, third string guy, and uh, look when the Ravens don't have Lamar Jackson in there, they they just look like a completely different team. You know they have a pretty good defense, but their offense just uh, it's it's like it's out of production when he's not in the game. And unfortunately, uh, I don't know who they can really turn to at this point, especially with the other injuries that they have. So I don't really see them even having a chance in this game. Especially you got you know Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I mean that tandem right there is uh, one of the best in the league. And, uh, you know, the, the, this is just a very good Cincinnati team. So I don't even have the Ravens um, coming close to winning this game. But who knows? You never know. But I'm going with Cincinnati all the way.
3: And on uh, Monday Who are you no- picking, Lars? Oh, well, we know <laughs> that. Yeah, is course. that even worth it, huh?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, gosh. I could go on and on about my – well, okay, I'm going to stop. Uh, okay, Monday night. 7.15 Eastern Time, uh, excuse me, Central Time on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC, ESPN Plus. And Bravo. The, the Cowboys at Buccaneers. This probably has the most national attention of any game. Dallas, uh, the last I saw, was a two-and-a-half-point favorite. And uh, Dak Prescott, not coming off the greatest game of his career, um, and, and, and look, the, the, Buccaneers have struggled all year long, but as your dad mentioned, man, they played great last week in a must win situation against the Carolina Panthers, Tom Brady threw the, the deep ball as well as he has all year to Mike Evans. Uh, what do you think? Can the Buccaneers knock off the Cowboys in this game?
5: I think that they can, you know, Dallas has a, uh, an astonishing defense, but it's one of those things where, you know, Dak is, is looking a little, uh, questionable right now and with his play. And, uh, we all know the Cowboys have that, uh, they're known for coming up short in the postseason. And a fun fact, Tom Brady has never lost to the Cowboys ever. Um, so I think, you know, really? Tom, yeah, Tom and Tampa Bay right now, they're, they're riding some momentum. They played great, uh, last week and, Uh, Dallas is kind of the opposite so I wouldn't be shocked if Tom Brady and Tampa Bay get it done Um, but I think the biggest factor here is uh, if they can get over the hump of of Dallas's defense because he's going to have Micah Parsons chasing him down who is arguably one of the most talented defenders in the National Football League they got Trayvon Diggs in the secondary Um, so they have a very stout defense so it's going to be critical that Tom can get guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin the football and uh, and they can they can put some points on the board
3: Man, I I wish Tampa still had Gronkowski, because he's just so effective over the middle with Godwin and Evans on the edges.
4: You have a great weekend.
3: Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This
1: story is called the ugly truth about timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck.